Hello and welcome to the fifth episode in our Global Business Crime Outlook podcast series. My name is Alison Saunders and I'm a partner in our Linklater's Dispute Resolution Practice in London. I'm joined today by my fellow colleagues Tom Castles, Dispute Resolution Partner in London, and two of our partners in the Antitrust and Foreign Investment Group, Doug Tween in the US and Jonas Kopenen in based in Brussels. So let's have a look at what's been going on and what we think might be going on in the very near future with cartels. So Doug, you've got a new administration in the US. Um, do you think that's going to make any difference to cartel enforcement? Thanks, Allison. Um, we do have a new administration, but we don't yet have a nominee for leadership of the Department of Justice Antitrust Division, which is the entity that enforces cartel. Um, there's lots of rumors. Um, there have been, there's lots of speculation, but we don't yet have an appointee. I think once we see that appointee, we'll have a better sense of just how vigorous enforcement against cartels will be. However, I think there's no question that it will pick up from the prior administration. I think the first three years of the Trump administration were the three lowest levels of enforcement, both in terms of number of cases and in terms of amount of fines since the 1970s. The last year of the Trump administration was a little higher, but generally speaking, there was a substantial decline in cartel enforcement. So I think whoever the appointee is, we're going to see a substantial uptick in enforcement against cartels. And I think in particular, international cartels, which really have fallen off a cliff the last few years. If I look at this from a European horizon, I can say that there has been a change also in leadership of um, anti-cartel enforcement at the European Commission. I don't think, though, that we'll see much of a change in direction. There's been a steady enforcement pace over the past uh, several years, and cartel enforcement has been high on the agenda, it will stay high on the agenda. And the same goes for uh, enforcement at member state level in the European Union, where there has been a number of important enforcement actions taken by member states. And when you look at enforcement in Europe, it's important to look at both what happens at European Union level and what happens at the level of member states and its continued focus. An important dimension here also is that the United Kingdom, of course, enters as from the beginning of this year as an independent enforcement jurisdiction entirely um, after the Brexit. And that will uh, certainly lead to um, more focus there. If we look at the sort of UK, um, we've traditionally done very little around cartels, but we have just recently seen the Serious Fraud Office and the Competition Authority, the CMA, sign a new memo of understanding, looking at where they're going to cooperate and how they're going to deal with cartel cases. So it'd be interesting to see if that means there's an uptick in the number of enforcement actions around that. Um, and of course, you know, with Brexit and with everything else, um, the international cooperation is going to be much more important as well. So I just wonder if you're seeing more sort of cooperation between international authorities and enforcement um, agencies. Um, and I think there have been perhaps some new MOUs signed across the world, which sort of reflects that. 
I think for me, the big question will be whether the UK agencies will be adequately resourced. Doing antitrust investigations and antitrust cases involves a tremendous amount of resources. Um, the cases are huge, sprawling, can involve millions and millions of pages of documents. And the reality is they take an awful lot of resources. I think there's a recognition of that in the US right now. There are a number of bills pending that would dramatically increase the resourcing of both the DOJ, Antitrust Division, and the FTC. Um, in fact, one of the bills sponsored by Senator Klobuchar would triple each of those budgets, which I suspect the DOJ and the FTC are both strongly supportive of. But the reality is, if you're going to be bringing these kind of cases, and especially in the tech sector, which is complicated, um, but is very much an area of focus for enforcers these days, um, they need to have the resources or they're not going to be able to do the job. The tech sector is going to be a particular focus, both in Europe and across the world. For antitrust enforcement in the tech sector has been at the top of the agenda in Europe for the past two decades. That has been primarily abuse of dominance questions rather than conspiracy type questions. As the um, economy is becoming more and more digitized, I think it's fair that we should expect that there will be a different type of enforcement that focuses on new parameters of competition rather than traditional price uh, quantity, but more qualitative aspects that are so important in the online economy, like privacy, for instance. And that's been areas where um, the authorities have invested a lot to understand the importance of those competitive parameters and have also um, began to take some, some enforcement action. So that's one example. I think in the US there's been an ebb and flow of enforcement against tech companies um, that is at this point really reaching a fever pitch. These days the focus is just on the big tech companies and there is a lot of sentiment within Congress that they may be they've gotten too powerful, they should be broken up, they should be um, somehow uh, subject to special regulation. I think we could have an entire podcast on the question of whether antitrust law is fit for purpose in that regard. Um, but it seems to be the default since there don't seem to be a lot of other areas of law that are applicable. Um, but I think that's a very interesting question. The other interesting development to me is the recent focus in Asia and in particular in China on tech companies. There's been a lot of action in that space recently and um, that could have a huge impact going forward. And don't forget, um private enforcement in this debate. So you're right, Doug, I agree with you that kind of if in doubt from a policy side, when you're faced with something you don't like, people tend to reach for competition law. And coming back to one of your comments earlier, query whether at least in the UK, the CMA will be sufficiently well resourced to take on the tech giants. But what is absolutely clear in my jurisdiction is that private enforcement happens squarely in their sites because they are consumer facing 
and they are vulnerable to standalone litigation claims brought by way of collective proceedings or class actions, in other words, without having to wait for an enforcement decision, but which can generate enormous um, potential claim values, which in turn generates settlement pressure and returns for litigation funders who are a prominent part of our litigation community now. Uh, and a big example that's arisen just between when we did the live webinar on this podcast is the claims that have been filed against Apple for its App Store in the Competition Appeals Tribunal here. So a very current topic. And it's a great point, Tom, because public enforcement and private enforcement really are becoming more and more complements uh, to one another. There are certainly benefits of the, the investigation powers that competition authorities have, but it takes time and in fast-moving markets to come to the end of an investigation and to find the right remedies does often take time. And that's why there is no surprise to see that there's an increase of private action being taken to, uh, to find the appropriate remedies. And that, in a way, illustrates also um, how unpredictable um, a case may be at the very beginning. You may be well aware that there is a serious issue to analyze deeply, but it's not clear what is the right forum uh, where this issue will be brought to bear, or whether it is a public or a private enforcement question where you have the greatest exposure. So, in approaching uh, an internal investigation, it's important to keep the many different layers of potential exposure in mind, whether that may be public enforcement in this part of the world or another part of the world, uh, private enforcement or criminal exposure. And Tom, going back to a point you made um, about litigation funders, I think, frankly, the rise of litigation funding has been a real game changer in this space in particular. And a lot of cases that 10 or even five years ago just wouldn't have been brought either for lack of resources or lack of interest um, today are being filed. So I think that's been a really significant development as well in the last few years. And do all of these developments mean there's something even more important about antitrust compliance programs then? I think so. Great point, Alison. Um, if you are at a company and you want to avoid this parade of horribles, uh, think about your antitrust specific compliance program. I think enforcers, at least in the US, but I think elsewhere, have made it very clear that they expect companies of all sizes to have an antitrust specific corporate compliance program. A couple of years ago, the DOJ released um, guidance, a 15 page memo on its expectations for corporate antitrust compliance programs that I think frankly is filled with a lot of very helpful information and data. And I would recommend to anyone interested in this space that they take a look at it. It's not enough to just rely on a general compliance program. I think there are whatever businesses size, they really need to have antitrust specific policies, procedures, training, controls, and an antitrust specific risk assessment done in order to mitigate risk in this area. Perfect. 
So I think that's a really good space to end with that. So thank you to all of our listeners and speakers. And if you're interested in finding out more, you'll find lots of helpful resources on our business crime and investigations site on the Linklaters website. And we're continuing to add to our podcast series every month, touching on recent developments and new areas of interest. We're also hosting more monthly webinar sessions on different business crime topics. So do look out for those email invitations. Our next one will be on cybercrime on the 30th of June with FTI Consulting. Finally, if you would like to get in touch with one of the team or one of the speakers today on anything to do with competition, then please do reach out to any one of us. Thank you. Thank you.